Good morning. Good morning. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. Grace to you and peace from God the Creator and from Jesus Christ, our teacher and redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit who binds us together in Christian worship. Jesus Christ is risen. Hallelujah. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you are here in person or joining us via Zoom. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. As we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to meditate on the image on the cover of the bulletin, as well as the accompanying statement by the artist offering this time to God as a prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. This day is like is not like any other day. Today we slow down. Today we take it all in. Today we rest in good news. This day is not like any other day. Today we are singing. Today we are full to the brim. Today joy cannot be contained. This day is not like any other day. Today the stone was rolled away. 
Today the women saw the empty tomb. Today we know death does not win. Today is not like any other day. Alleluia. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 591. Alle, alleluia. resurrection, we are witnesses to your promise and new life. We recall that your steadfast love endures forever. Help us to be agents of your courageous love. Help us in living in hope, trusting with faith, acting from your vision of wholeness of life for all. Amen. Please be seated. Family of Faith, it is our tradition to have a prayer of confession every week, not to harp on ourselves or to drum up guilt, but because we believe God is not done with us yet. So please join me in the prayer of confession because God is always listening and God's grace is always full to the brim. Let us pray. God of new life, we are a mixed bag. We want to be full to the brim with hope and joy. But often we overflow with comparison and doubt. 
We want to embody the resurrection, but often we'd rather stay the same than to begin We want to have the courage to be like the women on that Easter morning, to run and speak truth. But often we are weary of courage and uncertain of our own voices. Forgive us for all the ways we remain unchanged. Break into our hearts, overflow here. With hope we pray. Amen. Family of faith, if there is life after death, then we can be certain that there is life after mess. There is life after mistakes. There is life after doubt. There is new life freely given, and that life is for us. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are claimed. May we live full to the brim in response. Thanks Thanks be to God, God, and and let it be so. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, siblings in Christ, Jesus knows our names and calls us with a voice of love and grace. In the spirit of Christ, turn to one another and share signs of peace. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. Peace be with you all. Peace. And as we share these signs of peace, I would invite all the young people in our midst to come forward for a children's message. Here they come. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, yeah. It's a little chilly out there. I was out there with a group of about seven people at 6.45 this morning. Yeah, that's the look I was giving myself. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) What does this look like? An Easter basket. Very good. It's got some eggs in it. And... These are part of, we've got in our house, they're called resurrection eggs. Now there's a dozen, but we're not going to do the full dozen, because then we'd be here forever, and some of us aren't able to sit for that long. So we're just going to skip to a couple of the special ones, but I'm going to need your help. All right, so this one is the light pink one. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now, I wonder what's in this light pink egg. Can you open it for me? Let's see. 
What does it look like? Coins, yeah. They're like, they're silver coins. What do coins have to do with the Easter story? Well, not everyone was happy about Jesus, having Jesus as their king. Some people only pretended to be happy. But on the inside, they really didn't want anything to do with him. One of those pretenders was a man named Judas Iscariot. Some other men didn't like Jesus so much that they wanted to kill him. But they needed the help of someone who could get close to them. Now, because Judas was a pretender and because he was greedy for money, he told these men that he would help them capture Jesus if they would pay him 30 silver coins. Let's see. Light green egg. Open it when I say. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. What is inside that Do you know, what is it? It's a cross, but what makes the cross? What are those? What do they look like? Yeah, they're nails. The soldiers took Jesus to the top of a hill outside the city and used nails much larger than these, and they nailed him to a rough wooden cross, and he died a few hours later. The Bible tells us that Jesus was stronger than any man. The soldiers couldn't have killed Jesus if he had not let them. He could have fought off the soldiers. Why do do you think he didn't? Why don't you think he fought? Because he wanted peace. Yeah. Because God loves people so much. He was willing to let Jesus die for our sins. The things we do or the ways we act that don't please God... And even though it hurt Jesus badly, he was willing to do what God asked, because Jesus loves us too. The light blue one. Let's see. What's in that one? What is it? (laughs) It looks like a white piece of cloth. Well, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea called Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body, and then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb. After Jesus... Yeah. Um, is that what they wrap mummies in? Questions you don't think you'll get on Easter Sunday. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Well, let's talk about that later. (laughs) And I'll ask Google. Um, (laughs) After Jesus died, a man named Joseph asked if he could bury him. This was a brave and a loving thing for Joseph to do. Remember that the men who killed Jesus didn't believe that he was the son of God. But Joseph did believe. And he wanted Jesus to have a proper burial. Joseph knew that this might get him in trouble with the soldiers, but he was brave and asked for permission Anyway, now we've got a pink one. And behold, 
There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. Oscar, can you open that one and tell me what's inside? What is that? A rock. Yeah, it's a stone. Now, the stone that, that was rolled in front of Jesus' tome was much bigger than that one. Much, much bigger. It was as big as a door and probably weighed more than a car. It's pretty big. After Jesus was buried, special soldiers were assigned to stand guard at the tomb. But these men were no match for God's angel. It took just one angel to roll the stones away, stone away. The guards were so afraid that they fainted. The last one. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. We've got one more egg. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to open this one. Wait a second. That one's empty. You saw that coming, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it didn't make any noise. You guys are too good for me. So the angel told them, he has risen. Jesus had come back to life. The tomb was empty. This was the promise that Jesus made to his disciples at their special dinner just a few days before, that he would die but he would come back to life to show those who believed in him that they would live forever too. Someday, because he died for us, we can meet him and thank him in heaven. That's the story of Easter. Well, thank you for helping me open these eggs. I really appreciate your help. You don't don't have to close it. It's okay. Can you pray with me? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for the gift of Easter. We celebrate that you rose from the grave, and we celebrate that you are with us today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks all. Let us pray. Holy God, we so often long for more. We want more than the hamster wheel life of to-do lists and errands, meal prep and alarm clocks. We want more than comparison and competition. We want more than certainty that drowns out curiosity. We want more than fear that leads to violence. We want a life that is teeming with alleluia. We want a life overcrowded with hope. We want a life congested with good news. We want a life jam-packed with forgiveness. We want a life bursting with laughter. We want a life so full that the stone just has to be rolled away. 
So today we pray, break the dam, dust the cobwebs from our ears, clear space in our minds to hear you clearly. Speak to us as only you can. It's what we long for. We long for you. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Listen for the word of God. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find a body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified? And on the third day, rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing Expansive Life, which is an insert in your bulletin.
Please be seated. I am not here this morning to prove the resurrection. I cannot stand up here and wave the shroud of Turin, the cloth that some claim scientifically to have been the burial cloth of Jesus. I don't have a photograph taken mere moments after the stone was rolled away. I have not spoken directly with one of the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Joanna, who were there that morning. I cannot prove to you the resurrection. If it is proof you came here for this morning, I'm afraid you're going to be leaving here a bit disappointed. If you came here this morning hoping to hear one story again, I'm afraid you'll be leaving here disappointed. Because the truth is, we have four gospel accounts of that first Easter morning, and each one differs famously from the next. How many women were there? Were there two angels or just one? When did the tomb open exactly? Now, did Jesus appear in the garden or only later? It is a story that is, quite frankly, incredible. It is a story that on its surface appears to be an idle tale. As hearers, we often demand credibility. And does credibility not demand consistency? If you came here this morning looking for consistency, I'm afraid you'll be leaving here disappointed. But... I have seen the Lord. This testimony by Mary Magdalene occurs only in John's gospel. But the generations of testimony that it birthed bear witness far beyond her five simple words. It was these or similar words that encouraged Peter to run to the tomb to see for himself. It was these or similar words that inspired later sets of witnesses, namely members of a community that kept the saving story alive. It was these or similar words that each of us heard at some point in our lives, some of us as young as children, others of us later in life, that set us on the path of discipleship. It was these or similar words that have turned the world upside down, that have testified to, have witnessed to, the new creation that God is birthing. Resurrection is the most profound event that we continue to relive and witness to year after year, day after day. I have seen the Lord. It is an invitation. I have seen the Lord. It is an encouragement 
I have seen the Lord. It is a promise. I have seen the Lord. In the midst of a world overwhelmed by violence and death, we witness to an empty tomb and a risen Christ. We point out resurrection in the midst of ruin, new life when all that seems visible is death, love in the face of hate. I have seen the Lord. Mary was the first to preach this good news, the first evangelist, as it were. And generations of preachers followed, women and men who proclaimed the salvation found in an empty tomb. But the preaching isn't just done by the preachers. It's not just my job. It is done each and every day by each and every one of us. In our workplaces, in our homes, in the grocery stores and the soup kitchens, in the stadiums and in the bars, each of us preaches every day with our lives. I have seen the Lord. We don't have to wave it on signs at football games. We don't have to shout it from the top of a mountain. We don't have to push it on people on street corners. Having seen the Lord the way we have doesn't mean evangelism as coercion, competition, certainty, and beating the other down. In fact, resurrection means partnership, cooperation, doubt, and lifting others up above ourselves. I have seen the Lord. It means that in a world where we have come to believe that death is the end, that tombs, those containers for the dead, will on this day be empty. The stones will be rolled away. Hallelujah. It means that resurrection is not only the promise of life after death, which after all would be good enough, but also the assurance that the life-giving love of God will always move the stones away. And God has. God's new creation is at work here and now. It means that those places and spaces of death that we are content with, those dead places that fuel corruption, deception, Racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, suspicion, rejection, marginalization, misogyny, judgment, and fear. God continues to roll those stones away that keep life at bay. God's new creation is at work here and It means that death is truly overcome and it is no more. I have seen the Lord. These are words that speak into our lives today. 
These are words that assert that the way of love will always triumph over the ways of hate and indifference. These are words that insist that the truth of kindness can be heard over the din of ruthless, callous, and vindictive rhetoric. Words that give witness to the fact that there is another way of being in the world. A way of being that is shaped by resurrection, that embodies anything and everything that is life-giving. A way of being that is so countercultural, so demonstrative of mercy, so exemplary of the truth of Easter, that others will listen to you, they'll watch you, they'll wonder about you, and they'll say, wait a minute, did I just see the Lord? I have seen the Lord. Of course, this truth doesn't need our action or our witness or even our willingness. The resurrection is true whether we act on it or not. But perhaps, perhaps, when we walk out those doors this morning, we will say, I have seen the Lord. And the truth of those words will penetrate the dead spaces of our world. Can we find the places where we have seen the Lord in our own lives? Or perhaps say it for others who cannot? Because friends, there are people out there who have known the walls of their tombs for far too long. That they cannot comprehend the new creation God is spinning and weaving within us. I have seen the Lord. True resurrection means we leave our old selves here, right there at the foot of this cross, and live lives as redeemed people who have been made whole. True resurrection shines through us in our words, in our actions, and in our love. The preaching of our lives each and every day. Have you seen the Lord? Have you seen God's new creation? Sisters, brothers, friends, we have seen the Lord. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we affirm our faith using the words as found in your bulletin. We believe in a God who can astound us, a God who created the mountains of Colorado, the stars on a summer night, and the green of Ireland. We believe in Jesus whose example changes us, an example of love for those on the fringes, 
healing for the sick, and welcome for the lonely. We believe that Jesus was abandoned by his friends, wounded, mocked, and killed by the state. And in a garden three days later, we believe that life began again. The stone was rolled back as death lost its sting. Ever since that day, we believe the Spirit has been inviting us into an expansive life. A life not measured by wealth or accolades, but a life full to the brim with joy, overflowing with laughter, saturated with hope, and decorated with good news. Death has lost its sting. We believe and are set free. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. God invites us to be builders of homes and planters of gardens, not only for our own benefit, but for a world in which we can all flourish. As we offer our financial gifts, we do so knowing that we are participating in that greater work, that greater work of flourishing life in this community and beyond.
Let us pray. God of abundance, we offer these gifts to you in thanksgiving and joy for the presence of the living Christ. May these gifts bring new life to those both near and far. And may we offer ourselves in service to you and to one another. Amen. As we move into a time of prayer, I want to draw your attention to the sides of the sanctuary. These chains we created. Your assignment, and you understood the assignment, was over the course of Lent to be praying for the people of our family of faith, to pray for each other. We are literally surrounded by the prayers of the people this morning. Good work. They look great. In this morning's prayer, there will be a time uh, to lift up the names and the situations on our hearts of joy and concern. Uh, When we get to that time, I will allow some time for silence. Simply name that person or situation out loud. You can say it as loud as you want or whisper it quietly, or in the quiet of your heart before God. And for those who are with us on Zoom, uh, I would invite you to uh, share those prayers in the chat, uh, and I will name those out loud for you. So friends, let us now turn our hearts and our minds toward God in prayer. The heavens and the earth rejoice. God, you have raised Jesus from the dead and promised us everlasting life. Nothing can separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ. We praise you, O Holy One. We adore you. We celebrate our new life in Christ. Hear these prayers of your people for the power of resurrection to transform us and set us free. In your mercy, resurrect us, O God. From pandemic exhaustion and anxiety, great resignations, political divisions, gaslighting and culture wars, in your mercy, resurrect us, O God. From our tendencies to hoard and consume without thought of neighbor or planet. From our need to satisfy every craving. From our habit of stuffing ourselves beyond what is healthy or necessary. In your mercy, resurrect us, O God. From our thirst for violence, our rationalization of revenge our disbelief in peace as a pragmatic path, in your mercy, resurrect us, O God. From all that lays waste to our souls, all the messages that we are unworthy and incapable of becoming the people you created us to be, 
denying the imago dei that sparks within. In your mercy, resurrect us, O God. From doubts and depression, from hopeless despair, from overwhelming grief, in your mercy, resurrect us, O God. From the social evils that plague us, the injustice of poverty, racism, transphobia, homophobia, and xenophobia, in your mercy, resurrect us, O God. God of life, in this time and space, we ask you to turn your ear to us as we name the people and situations on our hearts this morning, things we celebrate and spaces in which we mourn. Hear us as we lift them to you. for war between Ukraine and Russia. The Knight family. living Christ. We praise you for opening the gates of everlasting life and leading us through the wilderness to this glorious day of hope. We are not lost. We are not alone. Alleluia and amen. And hear us now as we pray the prayer Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 246.
as you leave this place, may you be awestruck by the beauty of this world. May you laugh and may it be contagious. May you overflow with love for those around you. May you be effusive with hope and quick to point out joy. And in all of your living, in all of your breathing, in all of your being, may you find yourself full to the brim with God's light and with God's Holy Spirit. And may it change your life. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself, go in peace, full to the brim, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen.